You're listening to Pipes, Pours, and Pals. I'm your pal, Justin. And I'm your pal, Nate. How you doing today, buddy? Fan-freaking-tastic. And my belly's full. Me too. That was some good food. Yeah, my wife just made us some grubs, some, uh, some barbecued chicken, some... She had a couple different types there, some pork chops. Yeah, those pork chops were insane. They were really good. They were good. really good. The broccoli was good, too. Yeah, I'm not so much a broccoli fan. I love it. Mm, you can have all mine. Deal. I'll tell you what. I'll have the pork chops. You have the broccoli. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> How's your week been? Uh, it's not been too bad. It's been, um, well, could have been better. Yeah. I, we talked about the other day. Um, had a, kind of a rough start to the week. Some crazy dental work done. Oh, yeah. Um, had, uh, had that uh, friend that passed away that I told you about. So it's been kind of a heavy week, but as the week progressed, it wasn't been, hasn't been too bad. Good. So it's good to have a job. Good to have, good to have problems. Cause if you didn't have problems, you'd be dead. Right. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So life's full of problems. It's just what you make of them. That's right. And how was your week? It was busy. Busy. Yeah. Work has really been ramping up lately. Yeah. I used to be able to play ping pong in the afternoons for like an hour every day. I no ping pong. A couple of days I didn't get to play at all. <laughs> Man, yeah, it's like uh, you have to renegotiate your contract. Aren't I know. You? I mean, I'm kind of afraid to let them know that I've been playing ping pong, but uh, at the same time, I want to complain about the lack of ping yeah. pong. <laughs> How do you get the chance to play ping pong at work? You're at Google. No, um, there's a, a, an area of our, of my facility that I work at that is for archiving, um, just archiving data basically. And in their break room, they have a ping pong table and we found it like a year ago and we'll go take a break in the afternoon. We'll tell people. Because it's usually slower, and it used to always be slower in the afternoons. We get most of our work done during the day, have a little bit left over, and around two o'clock, we'd say, "Hey, we're gonna go for a walk." And me and like three other people would all grab our water bottles and go for a walk, and we'd walk all the way over to the archive area and just play ping pong for like an hour, um, and then walk back. And suffering, I know. But now, like yesterday, I didn't. They wouldn't play without me. I was just busy. Man, I know. What kind of coworkers are those? Go play ping pong without you? No, oh. I would if I were them. But yeah, so I get it. We don't. We don't have anything like a ping pong table. We have a broken down basketball goal. That's leans to one side. Too much work. I have a basketball goal above my desk. It's like one of those little miniature ones. It's better. Yeah. Yeah, with a little cute little rainbow basketball. Yeah. Um, not really my style, but it was. I, I found it at Dollar Tree. And, uh, you know, for a dollar twenty-five, can't go wrong. Which is a ripoff, by the way. You know, Dollar Tree, <laughs> bait and switch, man. They bait you in Seriously. with that dollar, and now they jump it to dollar twenty-five. I world coming to, to shop there. You call dollar twenty-five tree, and then I'll come <laughs> shop there. I demand you change your name and all your marketing. Well, you're lighting a pipe. What you smoking? I am finishing up this tin I've been working on for a couple of weeks of Maltese Falcon. Nice. Um, I'm enjoying it in the uh, the Peterson Phoenix that we've talked about that we mm-hmm. got from the Pipe Nook. Um, Good looking pipe. 
the more I smoke this, the more I enjoy it. Yeah. I, I really like it. I love the way it fits in my hand. I really like the rustication on it. It feels good. It smokes good. It, it's a beautiful pipe. It couldn't be happier. And actually, Maltese Falcon has been growing on me. I'm, I'm dangerously close to putting it on my seven-day rotation for the Desert Island. Dangerously close. Yeah. Huh? I, I'm really liking it a lot. Hmm. How about you? What are you smoking? I am smoking, uh, surprise, surprise, Carter Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, out of a brand new pipe to me, I just actually ordered this. Orders is is a, a poor word choice there. Um, I was perusing Facebook Wednesday night, and uh, I saw this on Facebook. This, this is a pipe made by Stephen Luttrell. Okay, I hope I'm saying his name right. It's a gorgeous pipe. I caught my eye immediately, and he's a um. I don't know how he classifies himself. I would just call him an artisan pipe maker. I think he's relatively up and coming. I don't really know of much of him. Okay. But uh, this is a gorgeous pipe. It's a very, very handsome pipe. It really caught my attention. And it had been listed for like three hours. And I thought, oh, for sure that's gone. You know, because that's my luck. Usually when I see a pipe that an artisan has made and it's listed on Facebook, I message him and it's already gone. So I message him at like 10 o'clock at night. And he's like, no, it's still available. It's a um, a slightly bent Rhodesian. Uh, the the stem is um, as it's got some. The stem itself is vulcanite, looks like, but then it has like acrylic and two different acrylic inlays. Yeah, one is like a marbled, like zebra-ish looking. The other is this like dark oxblood red. Yeah. And it is just a gorgeous pipe. It's just got the ever so slightest bend to it. Um, beautiful pipe. Smokes really well so far. The stem's a little chunkier than what I would um, I'd prefer. Yeah. I prefer the stem. It's got a saddle bit on it, a bent saddle bit. Uh, I'd prefer that the uh, saddle bit was a little thinner. Doesn't clinch very well. Kind of rocks side to side. Okay. But uh, it's a beautiful pipe. I only paid $100 for it. Hey. That's a good price for a handmade pipe. I could pick this thing apart if I wanted to, but at, at the end of the day, like I paid a hundred dollars for some for the time of a very nice guy that put hours and hours and hours of his effort into it. And it's a good looking pipe. It's a good looking pipe. Absolutely beautiful, and I'm I'm very happy with it. Good. So, but yeah, I'm smoking Carter Hall out of it. Uh, I usually use Carter Hall or Prince Albert to break in my pipes. Yeah. Um, and I was feeling lazy. I didn't want to go dig through my cabinet my tobacco locker and i just have a i have a tub of carter hall just sitting here on my desk so always ready to go yeah always ready to go that's my that's my lazy grab (laughs) i've got two tobaccos here i've got carter hall and i've got mississippi river mississippi river rum barrel aged it's kind of my two go-tos lately yeah yeah except for match 20 which would be a go-to but I stupidly agree. Have one week left. Have one week left. I've literally been counting it down. <laughs> Earlier, I, I just got a pound in the other yeah. day. Really? Yep. I'll order some more. I bought a pound of it. <laughs> it's I, I so good. Because I think they were running a sale on uh, pipes and cigars. You buy the one pound bag. It was like sub $2 a pound. Yeah, I did so see that. I just that. bought the whole, ba- the whole pound. That was like for a dollar. I think it was a dollar eighty-eight a pound. Yeah. Or an ounce, I mean. Um dollar eighty eight an ounce. Like for a blend you love, just buy the pound. Yeah. I mean you're talking less than thirty two dollars. Yeah. I wanna say pound. it was like 
I want to say it was like $29 for the one pound bag. That's insane. And especially because it's such a good blend. That's a, uh, I was reaching for yesterday. I was trying to find something to smoke. My wife is out of town. Um, her and my mother-in-law went on a little vacay down in the, the Florida. Um, and so last evening I was trying to find something to smoke and I was just thinking about like what I was in the mood for. I was looking for just an easygoing English mm -hmm. with a lot of flavor to it. And I just kept thinking, I wish I could smoke match 20, <laughs> but I promised I wouldn't. So I did. Yeah, I know. I have reached for it many times and I keep telling myself I'm an honest person. <laughs> and I don't want to have to lie to Nate and tell him that I didn't smoke it when I actually did. So I've heart, I've heartbroken myself a few times and smoked something other than what I actually wanted to smoke. Yeah. No, well, it'll be worth it. Worth the cause. Yeah. Good cause. So and I think it'll make it that much sweeter. It'll make it that much sweeter. Like, like you seeing your wife after she's been gone for a week, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you don't normally like her, but when you see her after she's been gone for over a week, you're just going to be infatuated with her. I'm always infatuated with her. That was pure conjecture. I, I was know. just kidding. I love her all the time. Yeah. But they do say that distance makes the heart grow fonder. That is a saying. And so... But so is happy as a clam, and that makes no sense, so... Yeah, I don't get that either. You said that earlier, and both of us were like, what's that even mean? Yeah. I don't know. What you drinking? Um, I am drinking Yingling Black and Tan. Wait, what? I'm drinking Yingling Black and Tan. Are you reading that correctly? Are you sure? Yeah. It's from America's oldest brewery. Yingling there's, no, there's no fish on that one? Black and Tan. <laughs> well, you had two Bells Too Hearted in your refrigerator, and I drank them with dinner. <laughs> That's fair, yeah. So now I'm drinking Yingling Black and Tan. <laughs> it's actually... Yingling, like we discussed last week, is a it's a very good beer. Um, and their black and tan is a porter and premium beer. It's I think it's like a mixture. Like when I was a bartender, people would sometimes would ask for black and blue, and we would mix Guinness and Blue Moon together. Mm -hmm. And so they're I think it's kind of that situation where they took one of their dark beers and mixed it with one of their lighter beers and bottled it. It is mm -hmm. uh it's really good though. I, I, I actually do enjoy it. Of the Yinglings, it's actually my favorite Yingling. Really? Yeah, I like old, just regular old school Yingling. Yeah, because yeah, Pilsnery, mm -hmm. light, easy, cheap domestic. Yeah, not really cheap. Yingling's kind of expensive for my taste. Yingling's premium beer to me. Like, <laughs> give me Natty, give me Keystone, give me Bush Light. Cheaper the better. PBR, well, the PBR has gotten expensive. Yeah, PBR went up quite a bit. It used to be my go-to when I was a, a young 21-year-old. You were a child? Yeah, a young 21-year-old <laughs> on the prowl, looking for a good beer to drink. It became like a, a hipster, like cult status in the hipster community. It did, and that's what really messed it up. Yeah. You used to never be able to find it on tap anywhere. Now you can go get it on tap lots of places. I don't think I've ever had it on tap. I've always just had it out of a bottle or a can. I think I just had it in a can. I don't think I've ever had it out of a bottle. I don't know if they make it in bottles. I don't think so. I, mean, I assume they might. No, I've never seen it in a bottle now that I think of that. I, I haven't either. I've definitely drank it out of many different shaped and sized cans, and I've had it off tap before, but... Yeah, I've had it in the mega can. The problem with the mega can is it gets 
room temperature yeah before you ever finish it <laughs> and that's not a beer that you drink warm no and i don't think any beer should be drank warm but mm, pilsners aren't those those are like best served ice cold like almost frozen yeah yeah like um what's the restaurant in indy that serves uh their beer at just above the freezing point for beer uh twin peaks twin peaks advertises their beer as like 28 degrees or something like that okay i worked at cheeseburger in paradise and we always had the the temperature advertised and it was always right around 31 degrees just below freezing yeah because beer because the alcohol content it doesn't freeze as fast as it doesn't freeze at 32 because of the alcohol content right generally yeah. you're the scientist man i'm just the i'm just the humor in this i'm not a beer scientist you know everything about scientists science everything i ask you about science you have an answer for it well i make up a lot of stuff just <laughs> i had a lady at work the other day who was like she goes you're so smart and i said i make up half of everything i say to you i don't know what i'm talking about <laughs> i said you can't believe me kathleen <laughs> so Manny, uh, so the, I had the kids in here in the in the podcast area. We re-record, and um, I'm trying to get my kids groomed to be comfortable talking into a microphone and potentially being recorded, and you know, yada yada yada. My kids are naturally shy. Um, both their mother and I don't really like. I like people, but I don't really like coming. I don't. I don't like meeting and talking to new people very well kind of introverts yeah i'm like a i'm in between an introvert and an extrovert uh middlevert middle <laughs> that's the scientific definition it is yeah <laughs> no an, an omnivert that's that's what i would call it an omnivert yeah yeah i'm both like introvert. a little bit of everything yeah i'm an introvert and an extrovert when i want to be an extrovert i can be um and i can be good at being extroverted but most of the time I, i'm pretty introverted I'm, I don't know. I'm kind of a chameleon. I, I, I feel very similarly. I'm a very introverted person, but if I get into a situation that requires me to be extroverted, I have to make a conscious effort to, to do that, to be kind of outgoing and, and talk to people. Yeah. But once, like, I do have the ability to do that, though, but most of the time I'm much more comfortable just being alone. We're just going to go with omnivert. <laughs> We're both omniverse. I just made that up. I don't know if it's actually a thing. I no. pulled a Nate and made it up. It sounds good. It does. I mean, an omnivore eats everything. Right. So an omnivert, bit of both. I don't know. I eat everyone. Yeah. Eat everything. Yeah. No, but that's not how it works. Anyway, so I got off off the topic there. Uh, squirrel. Um, but as getting my my kids are introverted, like their mother especially, but somewhat like me. They don't really like uncomfortable situations. And so, um, you know, this podcast has been a hobby for you and I, and I wanted to involve my kids in it. So I invited my kids down here, sat them down, they put headphones in their head. I had them talking in the microphone and stuff. We were talking about the podcast. Yeah. Which my kids listen to. We try to keep it relatively family friendly. Yeah. Um, so I tell my wife whether my kids can listen to a certain episode or whatever for something that's a little I see for kids to listen to, then they don't listen to that episode. But my kids love it. They love that their dad does a podcast. And so um, they, the other day, they're sitting down here, and Manny said, I asked her what she likes about the podcast. She said, you're funny. 
I said, do you think Nate's funny? She said, not really. (laughs) She said, he's more of the brains. (laughs) So I I, I said, so am I just the, am I just the comedic side of the podcast and he's the brains of the podcast? And she's like, yeah. Okay. I guess we've uh, Mm. been pigeonholed. I'm the comedic side and you're the brains. So if I'm the brains, we're in a lot of trouble. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm drinking. Uh, I've already finished my yingling with supper. And uh, so now I'm drinking a bourbon. It is Rebel by Lux Road Distillers out of Bardstown, Kentucky. I wonder if they play a lot of music there. Uh, because Bards? Yeah. Man, you're a nerd. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Red Bull Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey gets its award-winning defiantly smooth taste from a weeded mash bill. Worked for us in 1849. Still works today. Uh, there's not much information about it on here. It's, it is a pretty low proof. It's 80 proof. Mm-hmm. Um. Feels like an 80 proof. It's smooth, but it's weak. You tried some, didn't you? Yeah, and I will have to agree. Yeah, it doesn't taste bad. It's not a bad... No, no, no. It's not a bad uh, whiskey. It's just nothing to write home about. It's very smooth, and it... I mean, yeah, it, it just tastes like a bourbon. I get a... A bland apple smell on it that's the first hint i get is just like um a hint of apple i don't know i don't know if you get that or not but you know i would never have ever noticed that but once you said it just ever so slightly like yeah yeah i agree doesn't have a whole lot going on though like there's not a whole lot in the nose it's not very complex it's not terrible but it's not Nothing, nothing to write home about. Right. I drink it. Like, I, yeah, for sure. I want to sit down and have an unassuming glass of whiskey that doesn't turn me off, but I don't want to sit and think about it. I don't want yeah. it to be complex. This is an okay bottle. Pretty cheap, too. I want it's under $50 for a bottle. Yeah. Not bad. I got other stuff I'd prefer to have over it, but. Right. I mean, if, if I was going to have an, just a spur of the moment glass that I don't have to think about, I'd pick four roses over it, I think. This is kind of like where I sit with these kind of things. Um, it's not, there's nothing that knocks my socks off about it. There's nothing that's unique necessarily or spectacular about it. It's a really good bourbon. But if I'm just going to drink a bourbon that's unassuming and nothing spectacular about it, I'm just going to drink Benchmark because I was just getting ready to say, <laughs> yeah, it's so I think cheap. I paid 40, I think it was thirty nine ninety nine. Something like that for this bottle. And it's not terrible. Right. It's okay. Yeah. But if I was going to drink an okay bourbon, I'm going to go for a $10 bottle of Benchmark. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, not bad. We should have cracked open that one that I got you for your birthday. We should have, yes. My birthday's coming up here a week from today. Yeah, Nate got me a bottle of Benchmark Small Batch, 90 proof. I can't wait to crack that. We might have to crack it here in a little bit. Of the benchmarks that I've had, it's my favorite. 
I'm on my third glass of whiskey and I've had a beer. So I'm feeling a little hot in the head. I don't know if I want to have another glass right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's fair. But Nate was super kind. He got me uh, a tin of We Three Kings, which is one of my favorite blends. Mm-hmm. And that bottle of Benchmark Small Batch. And then something that I've been looking for for a while. It is a Briar cigar. Like a Zeppelin. Yeah. Is that what they're called? I, I, I know that somebody, I don't know if that's like their brand name of what it is, but it looks like a blimp. It does look like a blimp. So I think, I thought that's why they called them Zeppelins, but I think some specific company might have like an actual brand named Zeppelin. Well, I know that um, Morgan, uh, that makes the Morgan Bones pipes. Yeah. He has, I want to say he has a patent on a style of cigar pipe. Really? I want to say that. I could be wrong. I say a lot of things on here that I just think that are that may very well be wrong. But I, I, I want to say that I had heard that he has his version that he actually has a patent on. Mm-hmm. Um, this is old, so I'm going to guess this is a predecessor to his design. It has that little scoop out the front. You have never seen one like that. I've never seen one like this before. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm eager to clean it up and see how it smokes. Yeah. It's got Nate's germs all over. He was sucking on it when he... <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I think you got this on eBay, right? Uh, yeah, I got a lot that had. It's got some in schmutz it. in it. It's it's grody. Well, I can't wait to clean it up. It's gonna look it's gonna look awesome. Yeah, I could have cleaned it before I gave it to you, but eh. I thought, why take that joy away from you? Yeah, yeah. Who doesn't love cleaning pipes? Exactly. Yeah. No, I'm super excited about it. I'm actually probably gonna clean this tomorrow while I'm just sitting, chilling on a Sunday afternoon. So I'm excited about it. I can't wait to light it up and act like I'm smoking a cigar, but still enjoying a pipe. Yeah. Let me know how it goes. Yeah, so thank you, Nate, for the uh, the birthday gifts. I was really surprised by that. Well, it's always a surprise when it's not on your birthday. It's true, <laughs> yes. I was like, I'll do this seven days early. You'll never see it coming. <laughs> oh, man. So you're smoking that, uh, that awesome Peterson Phoenix. Yes. And I am smoking this um, artisan-made um, Stephen Luttrell pipe. Mm-hmm. So that brings to mind... Um, you know, you're smoking a factory pipe. I'm smoking an artisan pipe. So we had talked about earlier some things, some comparisons, um, to talk about preferential things. Um, do you have any artisan pipes? No, no artisan pipes. I don't think I own a single. No, really, you have all factory pipes. I don't like the tone you're using, but yeah. Oh, <laughs> No, really, you have all factory pipes. <laughs> no, that's not that's not what I was what I was getting at. Um, um, we both have a lot of pipes. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Me more than you, but definitely, without a doubt, I have more pipes than you. But um, that's just because I'm a hoarder. I have a guy that that I talked to at the Mule Town show who said he'd have a couple of pipes for me at the Chicago show. Yes, that he hand makes. And I'm excited about that, but I have not pulled the trigger on any. Um, I've had a couple of people hit me up. I had that one person hit me up on Instagram that was like, I'm somebody's grandson. I'm 13 and I make pipes. And he showed me some pictures and was like, would you be interested in buying these? 
Yeah, that was kind of odd. It was really odd. Yeah. Like, I asked him a couple of questions about it, and it didn't really, like, his responses didn't match up to what he was saying. It was just, I feel yeah. like it was somebody who was posing as a 13-year-old pipe maker. It was just really, really odd. But no, yeah, I don't know. To answer your question, no, I don't have any artisan pipes. Okay. I thought you'd, per- I thought, I figured you'd have some by now. I'm, I, I don't think you do. I don't now think that I, I do. Now that I'm I keep thinking, thinking about it. I don't think I do. I only have a couple. I have my Asquith Devil Ants, but I got that as an estate pipe. Uh huh. And then I have my poker that is. So I have a Jason Dagner poker, uh, not a cob, a Briar poker made by Jason Dagner. And I have an artisan cob made by Eric Mills. That one's behind you, top row, second from the left. And then I just bought this one. So I don't have very many either. Um, so it's really hard for me to say whether I prefer factory pipes over artisan pipes. Now, being a cheapskate, I would probably say that money-wise, I lean towards factory pipes just because you I, you get that repetitive quality that comes along with it. You know, like a certain degree of quality assurance that comes with having a factory pipe. Yeah. To a certain degree. I'm not saying it's going to be like precision. Right. But you get a certain expectation of a certain amount of quality from a factory pipe for a relatively low price. Yeah. No, I agree People have Petersons and Savinelli's. They're not, maybe not the greatest pipes in the world, but they have a degree of certain amount of quality control that comes along with them. And, um, a uniformity across the line. Like a 320 is a 320 is a 320 is a 320. Right. Yeah. Um, I own like five 320s and all of them smoke identical. Um, I have two Bing, Bing's favorite. And just rub that in. I'm sorry. (laughs) I have two Bing's favorite and if I was blindfolded and smoked them, I couldn't tell the difference. Yeah. So, you know, there is that that comes along with, with having a factory pipe. Um, you know, in this circumstance with the Luttrell, I didn't pay any more for this than I would have for a Savinelli. Right. Um, but that being said, at Mule Town, we saw pipes that were going for thousands and thousands of dollars. I mean, yeah. Two and three thousand dollar pipes there. I mean, I understand that there's a certain artistic, um, I don't know, like an an artistic uh, component when it comes to pipe making, and I I can one hundred percent appreciate the amount of time that somebody puts into making a pipe. Um. That being said, I don't ever see myself in a position where I would be okay paying thousands of dollars for a pipe. I'm a functional smoker. Like, as much as I have, I have way more than I need functionally. I enjoy collecting pipes, but I would say primarily I'm a functional smoker. I smoke because I enjoy smoking, not because I enjoy collecting pipes. Yeah, I, but I know. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I don't. I don't think less of anybody who would spend that much money on a pipe. Sure, absolutely. I'm just saying that I'm with you. For me, I just want a pipe that works 
if I paid that much money for a pipe, I wouldn't want to smoke it. I would yeah. want it just to sit on a shelf and I can point at it sometimes and be like, that was an expensive pipe. Look how pretty it is. Yeah. That's the way I feel with that ask with. I never smoke that thing. Yeah. It's a $400 pipe. Yeah. And I didn't pay that much for it. Right. But it, that's what it's worth. I had that Wiley too. And I traded it. That's how I got the uh, Jason Dagner. I traded the uh, Wiley for the Jason Dagner. I don't think so. I did. I did it at Mealtown. No, you traded it for that bulldog. That real tall bulldog. You're right. I know. You're 100% right. That's <laughs> another one I have. Now, the Jason Dagner I paid cash for. Which, is it that one on the far right there? It's the Briar Bird, yep. That's what it is. That's another one I have. See, I have more than I even realize. I have so many freaking pipes. You have a lot. I have that pegboard full of pipes. I have that pipe rack on the back of the door. Mm-hmm. It's completely full and then has pipes laying behind the pipes of the pipe rack. Yeah. Then I have two bags underneath my desk over here full of $1 estate pipes. Uh-huh. I have... That suitcase. That suitcase that you gifted me <laughs> full of pipes. And then my wife's stash of pipes are in the cabinet, and she's probably got 30 to 40 pipes in there. Yeah. <sighs> it's a pipe life, bud. Maybe I am a pipe collector. Maybe it's not about functional smoking. Do I have a problem? Well, yeah. When's my intervention? I don't know, man. I feel like... Have you guys talked about it yet? Well, if if you were an alcoholic and I was an alcoholic, I wouldn't give you an intervention. It's fair. And I don't, like, I don't, I don't have as many pipes as you, but I would. You just have more, yeah. self, <laughs> you just have more self-control than I do. Yeah. So it's like. I don't feel like I'm in the right place in my life where I could give you an intervention. Well, that and you also have a wife that doesn't like your pipe smoking. And That's I have true. a wife that is in love with my pipe smoking. Yes. So and who smokes I, a pipe? I'm never afraid of walking in the door with a new pipe because my wife is more excited about my new pipe than she is upset about a new pipe. Whereas I don't think it's the same, um, same situation for you and your wife, is it? No, no. My, my wife, she has a really bad asthma. So I don't ever smoke asthma. Asthma. So I don't ever smoke anywhere near her. But then, also, like her grandfather was a, a cigar smoker and a pipe smoker for many years, and he died of lung cancer. Um, again, I don't remember what he did for a job, but I also feel like it was very, like, coal miney. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like yeah, sure, he smoked cigars in a pipe, but is that what did it? You know what I mean? Like. Anyway, the point of this story is that because of she associates it that with, with that, with his death. So she's not a fan of pipe smoking in general. I don't smoke anywhere near her because of her asthma. You've been smoking in the house while she was gone? God, no. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I thought about going to the basement and giving it a try and then seeing what it smelled like, but I don't know. No, don't I push s- your luck. She'll make you quit. <laughs> I, I smoke on the back patio and I smoke in the garage. Well, you just have to tell, if she ever threatens to make you quit, you would be like, listen, Justin and I's friendship hangs exclusively on pipe smoking. If you make me quit, I'll lose one of the best friends I've ever had. And she would say, that sucks for you. <laughs> but that's not enough. No. No. She would, no our she our friendship does not hang on pipe smoking. Yeah. <laughs> we joke about that. But. And she also wouldn't ever give me an ultimatum like that. You know what I mean? She, she's. We have a very... Yeah, no. 
I, yeah, I know it's purely purely joking. Yeah, <laughs> his wife is awesome. She's good people. She is good. I don't people. know what she sees in Nate, but she's Me good either. But I hope she's enjoying Florida. Sounds like a good time. Yeah, she's uh, except, she's, for, the, except for the fact she's with your mother-in-law. Well, it's her mom. I know, but mother-in-laws are the worst. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Obligatory mother-in-law joke. I know. But uh, she, she's actually been getting very sick from the pregnancy. Oh. Um, she doesn't have morning sickness. She has night sickness. So like every night around 10, 1030, she just starts either. She's like gets extremely nauseous or she gets physically ill. Like a lot. Mm. And it's literally every night, but it's like been that way since December, since it started. Mm. Wow. That's a long time. Yeah. No, she, uh, she's, you know, her doctor gave her some some stuff for like nausea and stuff like that. And it's, it's helped a little bit, but she said her, I think for the last four days, she's gotten sick every single night. She's like, I'm still having fun, but I've been getting real sick. That's no fun. No. Has she gone to the Disney yet? Yeah. Yeah. She can't go to Florida and not go to Disney. It's true. She is, this girl, I swear, is the biggest Disney fangirl ever. You know, I thought that that was the case until we went to Disney last time and met some, like some, YouTube Disney people and YouTube Disney people. Yeah. Apparently there's like YouTube personalities that are just Disney people and they're on a level I didn't know existed. Like they just live at Disney. Some of them pretty much. Yeah. Like some of them, this, my wife has a very extensive collection of, of uh, Mickey ears, like different kinds for different occasions and stuff, you know? Gotcha. That's an odd collection. Yeah, I agree. I don't remember how many Go she ahead. has. I want to say it's like maybe 20. Oh, that's not bad. I don't remember. Might be more, might be 30, I don't know. But it's not more than that. And we were talking to this person when we were at Disney, and she was like, oh, you guys like Disney? I mean, we're at Disney, obviously, but we're adults <laughs> without children. So she was like, who do you follow? And we're like, we don't follow anybody. And she was saying that she does reviews on YouTube and so people who make Disney ears send her Disney ears to review them. And she was like, I have about 387 pair of Disney ears or like Holy Mickey ears. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I was like, There's, there is a level of commitment that some of these people have. It's insane. So we are Disney people, but we're not like that. Not those Disney. Yeah, we're not. Yeah. But wow. my, I didn't realize the, those people existed. Exa- yeah, I didn't either. That's what I mean. I, I always thought my wife was like the pinnacle. She's the Disneyest person I know. And she I just made up that word, Disneyest. Hold a candle to these people. Really? Yeah, it was insane. Yes. Then again, in her defense, you and I are like the the pipey, pipe smokiest people she knows, but we don't hold a candle to no, anybody, So Exactly. I mean, there's guys that have spent more on one pipe than I've spent in my entire collection. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. So. All in the eye of the beholder, I guess. It's true. Well, we're talking about factory versus um, versus uh, artisan pipes, but it brings to mind a couple other things. Yeah. You know, a couple other comparisons. Yeah. But um, if you had to pick between a cob or a briar, what's your preference? Man, that is such, such a difficult question. Um, I would... When I first started smoking a pipe, 
my cousin bought a corn cob pipe at the same time that I bought my first briar pipe. And he started smoking it, and I bought a cob later, and I smoked it a couple of times. And I sent him a picture. I was like, hey, I just got this, this pipe. And he said something about, like, uh, like, that's cool, but I feel like briar is more your thing more than cobs because for some reason a lot of people kind of associate cobs with like hunting and fishing and outdoorsy work rednecks yeah billies yeah like yeah, i disagree with it but i see what, you're, what they're, what they're I, I mean i disagree too but um i never liked the way they looked most cobs look similar sure um and it, they're all not all but most of them are similarly colored as well which is you know the light kind of color mm -hmm. so i liked the the design and the coloring and the different shapes and stuff you can get from briar pipes My, like when i was first starting out i thought they were just a lot better i liked them a lot better but after smoking for a while you cannot beat the way a cob smokes it's insane they like Right now, nine times out of ten, when I go to smoke, I'm reaching for, I have a Mark Twain that I got. Um, it's a bent Mark Twain from Missouri Meerschaum, and then I got one of the Forever Stems from Vermont Freehands on it. Got that Mark Twain from me. No, I, I do have a Mark Twain that I got from you with a Vermont oh, you Freehand. Have, you have two I, Mark Twains? I got a bent one, oh, okay. and I put one of my bent stems in the bent one. The one I got from you is a straight, and I have a straight stem in that one. But the bent one is uh i love it i whenever i'm driving it's probably the one i smoke more than anything else that's a heavy pipe mark twain it is heavy in the straight cob i mean that's a pretty heavy pipe but on the bent when you get the bent one um with the forever stem just the way that it sits in my mouth it's not um it's not like too heavy it's not like an arduous task to smoke it okay and I really like it a lot. So you reach for a cob more than you reach for a, for a briar? Honestly, I think nine times out of ten, I'm reaching for a cob. And it's just because they smoke so freaking well. They do. I, I have far more briars than I have cobs. Mm -hmm. It hasn't always been that way. Um, when I first started smoking a pipe, I probably had... Eight cobs and two briars. Um, when I first like seriously got into pipe smoking, yeah. Um, the thing I love about a cob again, again, I love codger blends, right? Um, there's nothing better matched in the pipe world than a codger blend in a cob. Like, there's just no better match than like Prince Albert in a Missouri Meerschaum country gentleman. Yeah, like bar none, one of the best matches out there. Um. I probably reach for a cob more than I reach for any of my briars, which is weird because I have, I counted the other day, I think I have 35 cobs in my collection, mm -hmm. and I have over 300 pipes total. Yeah. Um, so that, I only have two Meerschaum, I have one pear, I have one walnut, and the rest are briar but I still reach for cobs more than I reach for a briar. Yeah. I don't know why that is, but I like smoking a cob. 
and they're so rudimentary. Like they're just very simple. Um, so the first pipe I made that one I made out of Oak, right? I modeled it exactly after Missouri Meerschaum, the, the shank, everything. And I posted it on a Cobb pipe group on Facebook and I took so much flack for it <laughs> about how poorly built it was and how um, how the glue and the shellac was going to be toxic. And I was like, you guys are morons, but I'm a woodworker. So the process of building that pipe, I build it meticulously to model after a cob. The way, actually, I would say that my, the way my shank seats into the bottom of the pipe is actually better than the way Missouri Mearsham does. It's flush fitting. Yeah, you're right. And it just, it made me giggle because, um, People love cobs so much. And yet even guys that love cobs saw my design. They were like, oh, it's so crude and so rudimentary. And, it, you know, it's just, um, it'll never work. It won't smoke well. And it's like, it's literally designed exactly like a cob. Yeah. And there are oak pipes out there. Oak's not the most ideal, but I wanted something I could build a, um, for my first build, I wanted to be able to replicate something. And oak is a, is a suitable not an ideal, but as a suitable smoking wood from what I'd read online. Mm -hmm. And the pipe smokes great. Tastes a little bit like a barbecue grill because it's that oak's getting a little charred, you know? Yeah. But, um, I actually enjoy that part of it just because it, as it's building cake, before it gets the cake built, it's getting a little bit of that. But I love the simplicity. I, I got all that. I said all that to say I love the simplicity of a cob. I love that it's literally just a corn cob that somebody stuck some plaster of Paris on. I, I feel like, you know, there's always this, this slap in the face about how something was hillbilly rigged or how something was like rednecked up. Right. Right. And that, that saying is a saying because folks that are considered rednecks or hillbillies are some of the most industrious people you ever meet in your life. Yeah. Like they just find a will to make a thing work. Right. People that originally made cobs and made homemade pipes couldn't afford a briar pipe. And they still ended up somehow, it developed into a quality product using the scraps from corn out of the field. Like that just, that to me, I'm a nostalgic person. And to me, that's one of the things I love about cobs. It's just, I mean, now here we are 250 or 150 years later you know, after Missouri Meerschaum's founding, you know, that's not what they are anymore. Like it's, they're, they're factory produced now, but the concept is still the same. Like it's literally a maple branch that has a hole drilled through it. That's been sliced off at an angle. They took a piece of corn cob and they plastered a Paris it and put shellac over it. And then they glued the two pieces together and stuck a plastic stem in it. Like it's so just, it's so basic. Yeah. Basic. Um, not like Starbucks basic or Uggs basic, but uh, just, just plain. But then you add on top of that, these modded cobs. Have you followed like a Facebook group where these guys modify co oh, corn yeah. cobs? Yeah, oh yeah, my yeah. goodness. Those are some flat out works of art. Yeah, seriously. I got and, the Eric Mills and it's a gorgeous pipe. And it's fun. Like you and yeah. I spent that day like modding some cobs. Yeah. It's a blast. It's it a was lot an of fun absolute to do. Blast to do. It was a lot of fun. I have that modded cob I made and then the, then the oak pipe that I made. Now, Missouri Meerschaum has a, 
a line of hardwood pipes. What are theirs made out of? The hardwoods. I believe maple. Oh, okay. But they still use the Elmer's glue. Like you could literally see it right. in the factory tours. They have bottles of Elmer's, it's not wood glue, but school glue. They glue that in with like, it's just all purpose, regular white glue. If it's good enough for Missouri Mishram, it's good enough for me. I've smoked enough cobs. It ain't going to hurt me smoking out of my pipe I made. Right. Yeah. So I do love briar pipes and I think the aesthetics are like one of the main one of the main things for me when it comes to smoking mm-hmm. um briar versus cob because I have a lot of briar pipes that smoke really really well. A lot of people say that when you smoke a briar pipe you should let it sit for a day to let it dry out which I don't necessarily know. I've heard some people say that that was an old marketing technique, like a basically like a a, a rumor that was spread around from. Yeah, you need to buy multiple. Right, like you right. need to have one for each day of the week because pipes are different than cigars or cigarettes, where you buy a new cigarette or a new pi- or a cigar every single time. But pipes they last indefinitely, so you have companies that were like, you have to buy a pipe for every day of the week. Um, so I don't really know. Some people say that you should let them rest, but cobs, you can smoke those things like a, like a freight train. Like, I mean, and I do, that's one of the reasons I love my cob so much is because I can smoke it. I've sat here and just packed three bowls over like repeatedly mm-hmm. with you while we're doing this kind of stuff, just hanging out. Yeah. I smoked the, same, the same cob all weekend at, when we were at Mule Town. Yeah, I smoked that same cob all weekend. I smoked two briar pipes while I was there, and we smoked so many bowls of tobacco while we were there. I didn't smoke for days afterwards. Uh, yeah, I know that sounds sounds trivial when I say days, but like I literally didn't want to smoke tobacco for at least three days after we got back because I had smoked so much in the days that we were there. But probably ninety percent of what I smoked was out of that same cob the entire time. That's what exactly what I mean. Like you can just smoke the absolute heck out of those things, and it never—you don't have any problem with it. Well, and then now you brought up how they're very—they um, have this stereotype of being like a backwoodsy woodsman type pipe, and I can see where that comes from, and I—I I kind of like that about them. There's a lot of pipes out there. There's a lot of cobs out there now that ain't your grandpa's corn cob pipe. Oh, exactly. Yeah, that's like true. that. That Eric Mills pipe that I have is gorgeous. I mean, absolutely beautiful. There are some amazing, amazing cobs out there. I have that um, Cornell and Deal Kingston Judge. Yeah, and I wouldn't say that's a. That's not a. That's not a grandpa's. Um, no, I agree. You know, but I think it's very classy looking. Um, but then you do have some like. You know, I think that the uh, the Rob Roy shaped legend, kind of like that conical, yeah, bowl shape, um, that's really classic. The uh, the legend is the the Washington. Those are all kind of the uh, stereotypical uh, backwoodsy cob. Yeah, but I think that they're you know, Missouri Mearsham comes out with new pipes all the time. Very diverse. I almost bought one this week. I know. 
that what the paneled cob the, with the diamond shank. It's it's a very nice looking cob. It's a nice looking cob, and I love the shank. I love the uh, the stem they put on it. Mm-hmm. It's so pretty. They don't uh, they don't come out with paneled pipes. I haven't seen one a factory paneled pipe. I know they make a, I know they've made them in the past. But Missouri Mearsham does this thing where they make collaborations or they make really short runs. Yeah, and I still want to make a purchase for that. I think there's a collaboration with. Uh, I think it was uh, tobaccopipes.com. Tobacco pipes, yeah, tobaccopipes.com. That's yeah. right. Um, but yeah, it was with tobaccopipes.com. They did a collaboration, and it's a good-looking pipe. I love the panel on it. I love how it's got, like, it's square and at, you know, perfect 90s um, on the bowl itself. And then they've canted that shank. Yeah. So that it's, like... It's it's also square and at nineties, but it's the exact opposite where it's like it's not at the same angles that yeah um that the bowl are at. And so it's nice and contrasting looking. It's a classy looking pipe. Yeah, it's a very, very good looking pipe. So you like you like briars. Would you say most of your briars are estate or new when you purchase them? I would say that most of Actually, I would actually venture to say all that I smoke regularly, I purchased new. There's a couple of them that I purchased new old stock. Um, they're actually vintage Graybos. I just have, I have such a soft spot in my heart for Dr. Graybo pipes. I absolutely love them. There's a line that they came out with a while back called Starfire. Yep. I love that the look of that pipe. I love the design, like the rustication on it, the coloring of it. Um, I've been trying to collect every shape I possibly can in good condition of, of that pipe. But um, I recently got one that was new old stock. And uh, so it's... I don't even know if you can consider that an estate, I guess. I'll make you a deal on some Graybos, man. I got a whole suitcase full of Graybos there. I'll sell me $10 a piece. <laughs> <laughs> I bought them for a dollar out of the dollar box. At- yeah, and they're not new old stock. No, they're not new old stock. <laughs> so that being said, I do actually generally prefer um, new pipes over estate pipes. There are a couple of estate pipes that I have purchased um, that are... I purchased them because they were more expensive pipes and I didn't want to pay full price for them mm-hmm. and I've smoked them and there's nothing wrong with them. Um, yeah. and I do smoke them on occasion, but it's just not as frequent just because I, when I buy something new, I'm usually buying it because I really like the way it looks. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that when I buy estate pipes, most of the time it's because I'm either looking for something specific or I'm looking for a specific brand that I just want to own one. Or you found a really good deal on it. Or a really good deal, yeah. Yeah. I'm 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 a sucker for a good deal. Hence why I bought yeah, so many one dollar pipes. Yeah. Um, and I'm a woodworker, so I love restoring pipes, of which I haven't restored very many of those ones I got yet. Uh, work work kept me kind of uh chaotic lately, but um yeah, I I lean Surprisingly, I lean towards new pipes, even though I have a ton of estate pipes. Yeah. Um, just because I like the process of restoring them. Um, 
but I prefer, if I'm going to buy a smoker for myself, I prefer a new pipe. I don't really like the idea of sucking somebody else's germs out of a pipe. Yeah, and the the main reason I don't smoke estate pipes that often is... Ghost? I feel like every single estate pipe that I get that's been used has a certain taste to it. Like, they're, it's not always the same taste, but it's... Anytime I smoke, if I smoke a, a blend that I'm used to smoking, if I smoke it out of an estate pipe, a lot of times there'll be an aftertaste or a taste, like a flavor that's there that's not normally there. Like, I could just tell that... It's kind of like when somebody drives your car and you get your car back. And you're like, I know this is my car and it feels like my car, but there's it just feels a little different because somebody else was driving it. Like it just adjusted feels, the seat, they adjusted yeah, the mirrors. It just feels a little weird. Like something's a little off. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel with the state pipes. Like the tobacco's the same. It tastes very, very similar, but something's just a little off about it. Yeah. I think um, that's, that's the thing. I, I couldn't quite put my finger on it. That's the thing I don't like about estate pipes is oftentimes they have a, maybe not even a, a major ghost, but there's a little bit of something there that you just, it takes a while to get rid of. Right. And um, being a little bit of a germaphobe, I don't like the idea of inhaling some, some old codgers. <laughs> yeah. Years of tobacco juices that I just imagine him not ever using a pipe cleaner. Oh, I know. Yeah. Some of these pipes that I've gotten are like completely clogged. And I'm like, how does your pipe get to that point? Smoking it every day when it's your only pipe. <laughs> yeah, that Norning that I yep. traded, for, used some stuff for or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, like I told you, I think I went through 50, at least 50 Q-tips dipped in alcohol on that shank. Like, just hours and hours of trying to clean. Like, and that's the thing that drives me nuts. I have, this, I have one GBD that's a, a poker. Mm-hmm. And... It's an estate pipe that it kind of had a little bit, I think they smoked some Lakelands out of it. It had like that Lakeland ghost in it. Yeah. So I decided that I was just going to use it for my Samuel Gaywith blends and my um, Gaywith and Hogarth. Mm-hmm. So I have smoked that one quite a bit just because anytime I'm smoking like... I Lakeland some, blend? Yeah, like Bob Square Cut or whatever I'm smoking out of it. Um, but that's kind of like I just dedicated that pipe to those things. So I've smoked that one quite a few times. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know why I just love state pipes. I love, uh, I love the idea of restoring them. I love the process of restoring them. I just hate smoking them for the most part. I have this really, really old Peterson army mount that I got as an estate pipe. Mm -hmm. And I cleaned it up and, you know, thoroughly cleaned it and, um, reamed it and buffed the outside of it. And it looks, beautiful i i spent a very long time cleaning the stem with like those little micro pads like that mm-hmm. and yeah. it came out really really good i just can't bring myself to smoke it like <laughs> i'm every time because i know what i did to get it to where it is yeah and i'm like i kind of just want to sell this thing now yeah because it's beautiful i just don't think i'm ever going to smoke it I wonder if these guys that do estate restorations smoke estate pipes or if they're just like, these things are nasty. I've never smoked estate. <laughs> I'm, I, that I'm going to ask them now. I'm going to ask. Uh, I feel like some of them would probably be, feel that way. Like Maybe. Like they're just so disgusted by what they pull out of pipes. They're like, I'm never smoking somebody else's pipe. Right. It's like, I feel like if you worked at a hot dog factory, you're not going to eat hot dogs. Yeah, maybe. 
It's a good question. We need to get uh, with Bishop's Pipes and ask him. Yeah. I've been talking to him a little bit lately, so I'll have to ask him that. Anyway, it's been a good talk. It's been a great night. Productive talk. Covered some good topics. So, yeah. Uh, reach out to us. Let us know. You can reach us at pipesporesandpals at gmail.com. You can reach the podcast at pipesporesandpals at most of the socials. You can reach Nate at Indiana Nate or myself at Coffee Pot Codger. Let us know. Uh, do you prefer Cobbs versus Briar? I know there's other types out there, but those are the two main types that we smoke. So it made sense for us to cover those. Yeah. Um, but let us know what you think about those. Let us know. Do you like estates? Do you like new? Do you care one way or the other? Anyway, you guys have a great night. It was good talking with you. Yeah, it was a good time.